Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back with Ayers on the Road for a new year. We're recording this on uh, New Year's <coughs> Eve, but uh, we're going to wish you a happy new year. And well, I, we woke up this morning saying, wow, we were so glad to say goodbye to 2020. And now we're not. We thought, oh, 2021 is going to be great. We're past the pandemic and everything. And now here we are going into 2022 and wondering what's next. It is going to be a crazy world for a while. But we do wish you the best. I hope you've all had a wonderful, happy Christmas time. I hope you've gathered safely. Uh, if you gathered at all with those that you love most. And we're, we've got some really, really kind of interesting and fun plans for Ayers on the Road in 2022. You know some of them if you listen regularly. Um, we're committed to these gratitude journals and, and to presenting the first week of every month a new way to think about gratitude for the month ahead. And we're going to be doing that today in terms of how to think of gratitude for January. You'll remember that um, in November, we just tried to list 10 things in the gratitude journal that we're grateful for each day, just kind of the standard, you know, anything, you know, grateful for electricity, grateful for uh, heat, grateful for doorknobs, grateful for, (laughs) you know, just, just random things. And that was, that was interesting. And then in December, we tried to add a recipient of the gratitude and actually only list the things we had specifically prayed and given thanks to God for listing the very things that were actually expressing gratitude to, to God. And and we've been doing that just because we really have to, it is very interesting. It's very different. How it's very interesting how different it is to just, so I'm grateful for this, this, and this. And to, and to say, I've, these are the things I have prayed about today and offered thanks to my Heavenly Father for. And, and we've done that now for the month of December, and it's been really, really interesting. Yeah, it really is amazing because some days it, there's so much happening that, you, that you're just grateful for this and this and this. Yeah, and grateful this. I made it through this day. And then occasionally <laughs> I get a day like, well, let's see, what am I grateful for today? Yeah. But, it, yeah. you know, usually it's just your mind is crowded with all the things that you're grateful for. And then you're aware of it. And then if you pray about it, it is really meaningful. And then if you write down what you've actually thanked God for, it yeah. really brings it home, doesn't it? Yes. And if you haven't been doing that, I mean, that's fine. Not No worries. But we're just saying it's a really great exercise. But for January, it's a whole new approach. And we'll tell you about it in the second half of the show today. But it has to do with awareness and perspective, really seeing things in a new light, which is just a great way to start the new year. I mean, can we can we see a little clearer and sort of perceive a little deeper in the new year than we did in the past year? And we'll get to that in the second half, but we want to just start off by today by just not only offering you a, a happy new year wish, but also suggesting, if we can be bold enough, uh, a kind of a new year's resolution, one, one that we're making and one that you may adapt or, or, or create for yourself or 
that may stimulate you on, on, and again, you have to smile a little when you say New Year's resolutions, because um, I've read some, some studies that they usually have to do with either losing weight or um, what's the other one that's really common? Um, um, not, not exercise. Get, yeah, exercise, right. Exercise. Or, or things Wish like, kind of the same I'm not going to get angry this year or whatever. And, <laughs> and the average time that they last is like a week <laughs> instead of a year. But, but New Year's resolutions can be a really interesting and exciting thing because there, there are ways to, um, you know, to, to generate um, a kind of a new resolve for the year. And, and any, any sort of time of reexamination can be beautiful, right? It can be valuable. Uh, absolutely. I think just even a short-term one, even just writing a letter to someone, you know, of, of concern or gratitude or whatever, it just makes a little bit of difference in your day every day. Yeah. And so um, what we're going to suggest to you or, or what we're going to, and, and by the way, a lot of people, and we're included in this, our kids all do it. We think of one word that we're going to really, it's going to kind of become the byword or the, the motto or the personal slogan for the year that's going to sort of pull us back to a certain thing we want to change about ourselves or improve on or whatever. And um, I haven't told mine to Linda yet. She's told hers to me. I've been thinking I'm going to reveal it to you on the air today. What's your word for 2022? My word? Yes. You get to go first. I have three words. Sorry. Oh, oh, okay. Three. Well, you always want to be just a little better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My first one is declutter. My life is so full of clutter from, oh my gosh, I'm looking at Christmas cards here, all this Christmas paraphernalia that's got to be put away. But not just that. I mean, just my life is cluttered with a whole lot of stuff and I'm going to simplify and okay. Other, De- declutter. That's an interesting word. That's your that's your watchword for the year. Right. And what, and but my got, other two words are pay attention. I think it is so important to pay attention. I heard on the radio the other day, the reason you forget where your car is when you go into Costco and come out <laughs> or Target, you which not I paying do, attention. is that you don't pay attention. And the comforting thing is you're not getting dementia. You are just not paying attention. <laughs> right. So when I lose my phone, I really have been working on whenever I set my phone down, I my phone is there, or when I put it in my pocket, my phone is in my you just pocket. Pay, you just take that instant and pay and attention. Just pay attention. Yeah, I like and that. it makes a big difference. And that'll help me a lot, too, because you'll it'll be less often every day. You'll say, honey, where's my purse? Where is my phone? Where is my purse? It's the funniest crazy. one is when I was on the phone talking to someone the other day, and I was trying to look something up, and I said to Linda, where's my phone? <laughs> I've done that when talking to my sister, like, shoot, I've lost my phone again. Linda, you're talking to me. And so I think, I think that'll be, I mean, you know, my words have been grandiose in the past and so on. I think that's this a day-to-day is pretty day practical. Yeah. Pay attention. And actually, I, you know, I, I knew about the declutter, but I love that your secondary sort of, you got a major and a minor, right? Right. Um, but they're both major. They're both major. Way. Yeah. And, and pay attention ties into what we're going to be talking about in the second half of the show about awareness, just being aware, really sort of, you know, knowing where you are and seeing what's around you right at the moment. And there's, there's a lot of blessings and benefits that, 
that come from that, obviously. Okay, well, here's mine. You ready for the reveal? I am. Well, uh, you're going to laugh at me in a way, but I think you'll, if I can explain it before you laugh too much. Now, is this going to make life miserable for me? No, no, no. This is no, I hope not. I hope it'll make it better for you. But one of the things we're doing, and this is another thing we're getting into this year on Ayers on the Road, is these three-letter lessons. I love it when there's teeny little words that you can attach enough meaning to. And we're, we've got about 20 of these we're going to reveal during the year to you. We've already done two. You know, if, if, you're, if you were listening in the past month, our first three-letter lesson was the, the word I, E-Y-E. And how if we look, if we try to see people's spirits instead of their physical form, we begin to, to try to see their soul. And the key to it is looking at their eyes, looking at their eyes, trying to see into them and so on. And using your own eyes as a shutter that can click and take a little picture of someone and try to see their aura and see who they really are. It's like we, we watched the movie Avatar the other night again, one of our favorite movies. And the coolest part of it is when, when they look at each other and say, I see you. I see you. Yeah. I really see you. So that we did that one. And then, and then uh, as you'll recall, we, we did the three letter lesson, uh, key K E Y that Christ is the key to everything. We did that on a show a little while ago. So we're going to occasionally during the year, go to those three new three letter lessons. But my word for the year is one of those that we haven't done yet on the show, but it's, and don't laugh because I'm going to have to explain this. It's slow, S L O. Oh no! Now, don't don't now, now don't <laughs> oh, no. don't say oh no, because I what I what I've <laughs> felt is that it ties in with yours actually, because if I just slow down a little, if I slow my mind down a little, and maybe walk a little slower and just notice what's going on around me, or just try to, there's a speed of going slow. There's an attitude of mind. Where if you're not in a rush, I don't. Someone said the only the only time the word hurry or rush is mentioned in the scripture is with regard to the devil, Satan, who who rushes to and fro in the earth, and rushing and hurry and nervousness and and all these things work against our spirituality and they work against our awareness. The very thing you're talking about of paying attention. So it's just my way of sort of saying the same thing. I want to just go slow enough to really see where I'm going and really see who I'm with and really notice uh, what's going on around me. Okay. <laughs> uh, those of you who don't know us very well will know why I've said, oh, no, because Richard's always slow. It drives me crazy. You are so methodical about everything, and I, you get in my way. I can't get past you. <laughs> you're going That's so only when slow. you're rushing. That's you're when you're hurrying. So slow. When and you're paying attention, you'll slow down. You too. know, in, in the big picture, I totally agree <laughs> with you. And I know that there there is a slow to going fast, too, because you mess things up. I go fast all the time, and I mess things up, and it makes everything slower. Right, so right, right. Um, I think that I, I totally agree with that. But, oh, gosh, <laughs> how am I going to do that for a whole year? Just <laughs> <laughs> Well, think of it a little differently. I, it doesn't mean I won't. It doesn't mean I won't be aware of what I need to get done. It'll mean that I'm doing sort of with more with more clarity and more awareness and more purpose. 
Right. And not just going through the motions or rushing around or getting the next thing. It involves asking the question, why am I doing this? Because a lot of things we do that, you know, we haven't examined really if they're even even important to us. And so, you know, to me, that's going to be a good word for the year. Okay. So but I'm but, spelling it S-L-O. I'm not putting the W on because oh, I want it to be a three-letter word. lesson. Oh, right. Of course. Slow, yeah. S-L-O. So, all right. So you're going to forgive me if I push you to the side so I can get past where I'm going. Okay. Now, one more thing before we take a little break and then come back and talk about gratitude. And I know we're throwing a lot of things into the show today, but it's kind of like a preview to where we're going. One of our resolutions for this year is to be better grandparents. And we are really, really into grandparenting, not only on the micro in terms of our own grandchildren and our own awareness of them and trying to be better grandparents to them and to function better with their parents who we recognize are in charge and we're, we're trying to assist them or support them or be helpful to them in their stewardship of raising children. But I think it's the the thing the thing we're so aware of lately is that the best families we know are really three generation families, Linda. They're really they 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 don't think of the family as just the parents and the kids. They think of it as the parents and the kids and the grandparents. And that three generation family becomes so powerful in terms of what it can do for children in an age when Parents are so busy and often both working and so on. It's the grandparent who can save the world if he does or she does what she does in concert with the parents, if, if they become a team. Well, I know that's true. And I really do appreciate that um, grandparents can make a big difference. We're not saying that you need to step in and take over. And no, on the contrary. On the contrary, we, you need to back off. And just offer help. Just smile and say, oh, good. Good luck. Good idea. <laughs> In most cases. I mean, if it, unless it's really destructive. And if you're not a grandparent, if you're a parent listening today, we're going to talk about this as a, a resolution you could enjoy as well, because it's about a three-generation family, about involving your parents more with your children. So let's take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to give you three steps that we think you could do to, to launch the year as a stronger three-generation family. And then we're going to get to the gratitude approach for the month of January. So hang in there. We'll be right back after this brief break. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Thanks for joining us today. We hope we didn't overwhelm you with that first half um, because there was a lot to think about. But um, it's, you know, it's a new year. We've got a lot to think about. So if you want to join us in this collective New Year's resolution of, of a stronger three generation family, more involved and more communicative parents and grandparents helping children, Here's three steps we want to suggest just for you to think about. And your family's different than ours, and everyone has to work this out on their own. But three things that might be stimulating to you. First of all, if you're a grandparent, it's just a decision to be more proactive, to be more focused as a grandparent, to make a higher priority of doing specific, meaningful things for grandkids. And if you're a parent, that step one is 
getting my parents more involved with my children. So number one is just making a decision. We're going to do this. Well, and we know from feedback from some of you that you are already magnificent grandparents. It's not like you need to do more. Just maybe just focus on different things or pay attention to different grandchildren or whatever it is that you feel that you need to do, because there are some magnificent grandparents out there. Absolutely. And we learn from you. Step number two is have a meeting, have a special dinner, go out to the nicest restaurant, you know, just with the parent and the grandparents, just that not, this is not the kids involved here at all. It's the two generations. It's the parent with the grandparent. And either of you can initiate this. If you're a parent and you want your, your parents more involved with your children, call up your, your parents and say, let's have, let's go to dinner and talk about the new year and about the kids and how we can work together to help them and to make their lives better. If you're the grandparent, uh, th- then you take the initiative, say, call your children and say, can we, can we take you to dinner? We want to talk about your kids. Not, not in the critical sense. Be careful how you say that because we want, we want to work with you. You're the parent. We respect your stewardship over your children. We want to ask you, how can we help more? What, what kind of things would you appreciate in our grandparenting? And how can we serve you better? And how can we make this a real three-generation family? And that can be a fabulous, that can change lives. That one meeting where you really acknowledge as grandparents, the kids are, your kids are in charge of their kids, but you want to help in a way that's coordinated, that doesn't step on their toes, that doesn't do an end run around them, that works together. Well, I'm thinking of a specific grandchild right now who I did not know was struggling. Um, Our daughter had just written something recently about she had changed friends and she was in a, you know, kind of a funk and, and I just thought, oh, I did not even realize that because we see this grandchild all the child all the time, but we we were not aware that she was having a hard time. Yeah. So, you know, we could do just some little things, maybe. Uh, I love to go out on little Grammy dates with each of the grandkids and just talk. And and I haven't done that for, I mean, I do that once a year sometimes. And uh, although we see them all the time, but just to really talk about their lives. So I could do that. I could take this grandchild and do do something that might be really effective. And that ties directly into the third one, Linda, the, the three things to get started. The third one is individual time with each grandchild. If you're, if you're a grandparent, the, the third step after you worked on it with the parents and had this understanding and this coordination and communication, get with each grandchild one-on-one. Take that one child to lunch or take that one teenager on a on a drive and just focus on that child and and take notes find out all you can because you can't be a good grandparent until you know all you can possibly gather about that child and the the place to start is with the child himself don't have an agenda you're not trying to teach anything or do anything you're just trying to listen and ask good questions and get to know all you can that's the first step in Proactive grandparenting is just really focusing on knowing that individual single one grandchild. Well, we have done that with our kids and grandkids a lot through time. And I think usually they're so fun. They're excited because we are actually taking notes about what they're saying. And we actually share with their parents sometimes. Um, 
some things that are just fun. And I think they know that, but uh, it might make some kids a little bit nervous. I don't know. But anyway, do it your way, but just be sure that you feel that you're invested. You're not totally lost in where your grandchildren are right now. All right. Don't be overwhelmed. It's the first show of the year. We're throwing out a lot of things. We're inviting you to join us in this three generation family resolution. We're inviting you to have a word that's sort of your watchword. Many of you already do for the whole year. And now to conclude the show, we want to talk about a new form of gratitude that we are going to try to work on just in the month of January. And we want to invite you to join in with us. So let us, let us read your little poetry to kind of lead in and give you a clear view of what we're trying to say here. Well, I have to say this is Richard's poem. poem. Uh, he is a born poet. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm just it's trying in the to blood. capture It's thoughts. in the blood. I'm okay. just, I've become accustomed to this. This is beautiful. It's called Perspective. Our seeing is improved not so much by an ocular prescription as by increasing awareness and perspective. With deliberate effort, we can open our minds to light and become as one bird alight, but with winged heart, feeling the world all around and able to fly up and see it all from above. Can you state the difference between man and God in two words? Is to ask or to try blasphemous if we did attempt the two words might be awareness and perspective. We mortals see such a narrow slice, a sliver, really. God sees all. Our perspective is earthly and mortal. His is eternal and perfect. That's an interesting thought that I've had over the years that if you wanted to try to specify the difference between the divine and the mortal, you, you couldn't do much better than, you know, God has all perspective. He has all awareness. We, we see so little, but we can strive to see more and more. What saves us is awareness and our perspective, and both are expandable. And we sense that as his children, we have infinitely more in common than different awareness we have five senses and we use only a fraction of each of those and a sixth sense in the soul often dormant but always summonable were we all more aware we would all be more grateful for awareness is the sense and perception of what is around us and in us and the epiphany that all of both come from God. Those who see it, who really see it, also see God. The shortest perspective is eat, drink, and be merry. But that kind of merriness never turns to joy. A middle perception is duty. And while it keeps commitments and follows laws, it does not now or ever exalt the soul. The longer perspective is eternity, and oh, how that perspective changes us, extending our view from finite to infinite, letting us see suddenly that we are not growing up from the earth, 
but hanging down from the sky. Mm-hmm. Good one. A two-way eternity, not only forever forward, but forever back into pre-mortal life, where we, full of perspective, shouted for joy at the prospect of coming to this physical place to struggle and fumble and fizzle and fail, but to learn from it all, to progress in ways not possible until body and agency and families of our own made us more like God. That perspective precipitates and promotes and produces gratitude. How could it not? Because it presupposes a father God who wants to give us all that he has. So what we're going to try to do in our thankful journal in, uh, in the month of January, every day, and in a way, at first, this will seem easier to you because in, in the first months of challenge in November, you were writing, we were writing down 10 things we're grateful for each day. And then in, in uh, December, we were trying to pick out five things that we'd actually thanked God for in prayer and write those down. And this month, we're only challenging ourselves to write down one thing each day. But it's a difficult one because it really requires some awareness. It's just, it ties in so perfectly, Linda, with your pay attention and with my slow and what I mean by it. And so here's here's the challenge that we hope you'll join us in for the month of January in your gratitude journal. Okay, this is it. It's called The Challenge. Wake up. Notice more, take more in, spend less time inside yourself worrying and more time outside yourself rejoicing. If you have troubles, see through them. If you have challenges, see over them. If you have blessings, see God's hand in them. This month, taste, smell, look, and listen harder and feel more and both your, with both your skin and your soul. Each day, write down one new thing that one of your senses revealed to you. And let your increasing awareness give you the perspective that catalyzes gratitude. So think about that for a minute. What are, what are we talking about? What is the challenge? It's to be so aware each day in January that you learn one new thing through your senses, through one of your five senses, or through the sixth sense of your soul. And that would be an epiphany, an insight, a you 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 suddenly realize something or you have an idea or you you get a, a sense of something in a spiritual way. That would be the sixth sense. But but find one every day that you didn't know before, that you that you noticed, that you hadn't seen before. And it could be something as small as, you know, I was looking out our window the other day at our driveway, which is is banked on each side by rocks that have that a big machine stacked up. And I was just looking at how those rocks fit together and thinking about the artistry of the guy who had the big heavy machinery who stacked those in and got them all to fit. Now you may say, well, who cares about something silly like that? Well, it gave me a new appreciation. It gave me a sort of a, I was, I became aware of something I hadn't seen before. So it could be just something you notice with your eyes. It could be 
a new thing you hear. If you just pay attention, sometimes close your eyes for a minute, sight overwhelms the other senses, and just listen and see what you can hear. I heard a new bird the other day up in our home in Park City I'd never heard before, and I'm still trying to catch a glimpse of, of what bird it is. It could often be something you notice about a person. You're, you're with someone who you know, and you, you look at them, you, you see something you hadn't noticed, you, you appreciate the way they laugh, or you appreciate the interesting look in their glance when they're thinking about their their child or whatever. So it can be a little thing, but something that you notice for the first time. Does that make sense, honey? Yeah, absolutely. It's part of pay attention. (laughs) Yeah, it really really is. is. I mean, just look for things that you haven't noticed before. And if we're just in the same house doing the same thing all day, you think that's hard. It really isn't. If no. you're looking for it, you find it. Yeah. Like I, you know, I'm right now while we're talking, I'm looking at these chairs that, that surround our big table. And I'm noticing for the first time how the, I thought they all had straight legs, but I'm noticing the back leg curves and it gives the, it gives the chair a certain design. It wouldn't have otherwise it also makes it more stable because the legs are out a little further. But you may say, well, who cares? Well, noticing. I mean, the idea of this gratitude challenge is if you're if you know that every day you're going to try to write down something new that you notice that your sense is brought to you, use your sense of smell more, feel things. We got some new sheets on our bed the other day because we'd stayed in a hotel that had that yeah. had French linen sheets and we liked them and we got some. So feel that, feel that linen and say, wow, how, that's, that's a, that's something I've never felt with my fingers before. Find something new every day that you become aware of and it will begin to work on your gratitude. It really does. Well, we have challenged you with a lot of things today <laughs> and uh, as a new year, let it bubble up and figure out what works for you. And um, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Ayers on the Road. We'll be coming to you next week from Maui in Hawaii. Um, We're looking out at six feet of snow right now in Park Park City, City, but we're going to be in a different place next year. But we'll still be doing Ayers on the Road, and we'll invite you to join us next week. Hope to see you then. Bye-bye.